Hello everybody, this is your Blood Red podcast uh, and a special season preview uh, as uh, the Premier League gets underway this weekend. I'm Andy Kelly, I'm joined by uh, Christian Walsh and I'm joined by James Pierce, rocking a decent bronzy back from the uh, American <laughs> tour and indeed uh, the heat of uh, of Germany last uh, Sunday, Piercy, and we go into the season on the back of a, a funny weekend, uh, brilliant result against Barcelona on the face of it. And then uh, you were over in Mines, and obviously uh, a very different result. Um, is that is that where Liverpool are still at inconsistencies, or was this just simply a matter of a game too far in pre-season? Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily read anything at all into that Mines game. You know, I was over there, and they just all looked absolutely shattered. And you know, I think you only had to look. You know, I, th- I think Saturday was a better indication of of where Liverpool are at in terms of pre-season. I think you know you shouldn't go overboard. In terms of that result, because obviously Barcelona were undercooked and not as advanced as Liverpool in their preparations, but um, <clears throat> I, I certainly wouldn't be remotely concerned going into this weekend on the back of that Mines defeat because um, it was a sweltering hot day over there. You know, for Mines it was a huge deal to have Liverpool in town, <clears throat> but for the players, for Liverpool players, it wasn't a big deal. And to be honest, you know, I think they speaking to a few of the players, they got to the hotel at one at one o'clock in the morning. After a late night flight from London, after the game at Wembley, you know, I think at least probably a dozen players who were involved in that game against Mainz played some minutes against Barcelona. And regardless of how much you played, you know, I think it's very difficult, you know, to get yourself up for two games in two days, physically and mentally. And you know, I think even someone like Origi, for me, like he, you know, he was he was so off the pace against Mainz. And you know, and he's someone who's such an you know an, an amazing athlete and someone we've seen develop so much. Um, you know, and I think that just summed up for me that you can't read anything into this. This is a game that you know, probably Liverpool shouldn't have played, um, but they they ticked that box. They did a favour for Mainz for their new their new new recently renamed stadium, and and you move on. Christian, do you think it was maybe good in a way because if we uh, if the Bar- say the Barcelona game had been the last game of pre-season. Four nil, that maybe flattered us a bit. We sort of took took all our chances. Didn't most of them? Obviously, Barcelona hit the post and had a, had a, a fair bit of possession. But uh, do you think maybe it was good in the sense that if we if we had gone in four nil, Barcelona the last result, everybody's thinking we're winning everything. <laughs> I don't see what the problem with that is. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I, I always think back to uh, I remember Liverpool beating Palmer five nil, and that's when Palmer obviously had that team to Ram and Crespo and 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 Varane and. They won five nil, then they went on to uh, I think they lifted the, the treble that season. It was it, it just sort of catapulted from there. You know, preseason doesn't matter ultimately, and Klopp will say this over and over again. But I think you want to go into the back of a season, uh, sorry, go into the season on the back of a four nil win rather than a four nil defeat. I agree with James's assessment. I mean, obviously, I wasn't over there; I was just watching it from the uh, television. But you know, you can't read anything into it. They looked absolutely whacked. They looked shattered. Um, but you know, on the same hand, you can't really read too much into the Barcelona game either. So it's 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 you know if you're going to get carried away with one, you've got to sort of get carried away with the other. Um, but I, I think you know going into the season, hope springs eternal. It's it's time for for you know as Klopp would say, doubters into believers and all that sort of palaver. I don't. I wouldn't see the problem. I I I think it would have been better for Liverpool not to lose four nil than than lose four nil if you if, yeah. you know to put it that way. But yeah, I can see what you're saying in terms of it. Just sort of reminds fans that there are frailties still there and not to expect too much. And you know, you go into the Emirates and 
uh, on Sunday and then for the for the remaining 37 games of the season just you know don't overreact to a win don't overreact to a defeat just let the season play out and, and see where you are in May James you were at uh, pretty much pretty much everyone I don't, I think you weren't at Wembley for Barcelona were you? the only one of the nine yeah that was the only one that you, you're the nine you, you, you missed uh, in pre-season so it was a bit of a you know an odyssey around uh, well, initially the northwest of England and then America and, and, and over to Germany and everywhere else. Um, what do you think in terms of what we saw, does it look like in, ter- in terms of what we've addressed problem-wise in the squad with the new sign-ins and what maybe uh, everyone has left back on, 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 their issue, on, on their horizon but uh, other issues that still remain to be addressed within the squad? Yeah, I think you can from watching them in pre-season you can see that he definitely has addressed the lion's share of the issues. I think defensively, we were too vulnerable. Uh, you know, last season, I think, you know, Matip, you know, not been the ideal start for him. With obviously missing three weeks of pre-season with that foot problem, but you know, he's shown glimpses of why Klopp rates him so highly. Clavin has been one of the big successes of pre-season. You know, I think he, he could be the bargain buyer of the season. Yeah, if, he, if he, if it he... was. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting before he'd even before he'd even kicked a ball on the tour, Klopp. Said, uh, I think it was an interview I did with him. He said, uh, he said, he said, I've heard people describe Ragnar as the fourth choice centre back. He said, you haven't seen him play yet. He said, you wait and see. Then you tell me that he's a fourth choice centre back. And obviously, circumstances have, have almost you know, thrown him into the into the limelight. And uh, he, he just looks really calm and assured. And I don't think, you know, I think he's probably done enough to get the nod ahead of Matip for for Sunday against Arsenal. And you know, he, bags of experience. Um, you know, I, I think you know he's tough as well. You know, I don't think he'll get shoved around. That was a problem last season, getting bullied. Um, you know, I think further forward, you look at Mane has has done really well in pre-season. You know, I think still obviously has a lot to prove in terms of that price tag. You know, is he is he really in that kind of bracket? Well, you know, the, the signs are certainly promising from what he's produced so far, and he's ideally suited to the way Klopp wants to play with you know, the, the, the 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 strength and the and the pace and the skill he's got. Wijnaldum. Um, you know, I, I like Wijnaldum. I don't, I don't think we've really seen, um, you know, really what he can do yet. And I think the interesting thing is where does Klopp fit him in? Because, you know, I think most people thought he'd been bought as an attacking player. Yet Klopp has played him deeper in most of his most of his appearances so far. Um, what have they failed to do? I think probably you know left back is obviously the obvious one. Um, you know, it was well documented that Klopp wanted Ben Chilwell, couldn't get that deal done. I'm surprised that they haven't brought someone else in, um, but. You know, from speaking to people, I think it's a case of wanting to ensure you don't just get anyone in. You want you need to make sure whoever you get in is better than what you've already got. And um, you know, I think Klopp still thinks he can work with Moreno and, and try and iron out some of the weaknesses in his game. Um, I still think Liverpool are probably lacking another midfielder. I think I think Gruwich will have a part to play this season, but it's difficult to see him being a a week in week out Premier League player. I think you know, still young and adapting to his new environment. I think. Probably, I'd like to have seen another kind of defensively-minded midfielder come in to provide that kind of shield in front of the back four. But I don't think it's really the way Klopp wants Liverpool to play. Um, but yeah, yeah, by and large, I'd say it's it's been positive, and it was it was fascinating watching Klopp work over the course of the America tour because he had that quality time with the players, which he always bemoaned last season that he didn't have. Christian, I want to come to you there and pick up on James's point about. Uh, Wijnaldum, you wrote a piece this week uh, about Jordan Henderson and, and, and why you know he hasn't had the chance yet to be really to be able to show Klopp what he can do. 
Uh, there's probably uh, you know an issue for Sunday. Uh, we had Jan Mulby in, in his column in the Echo uh, uh, this week suggesting that he thinks Klopp will be bold and uh, and wants the side to be braver and therefore will choose Wijnaldum ahead of Henderson, which is a big call. Uh, I mean, obviously it hasn't happened yet. That's just Jan's view. Um, be interesting uh, to see. I know a lot of people think he'll, he'll stick with Henderson. Um, it, you know, it, it's a big year for Jordan Henderson, and I think people... James talks about another mid, midfielder. I mean, there's still that vibe that Liverpool against really top sides um, don't go out and control a midfield at, at times and haven't been able to assert authority really on, on on enough games at the really top level. Yeah, I think you look at the options in that midfield. Obviously, yeah, you've got Emery Chan, who you could argue Klopp sees as that holder, that controller, but... I feel his natural game is more of a of a box to box. He likes to get forward, doesn't he? he wanders from position a fair bit. He, he definitely likes to have a wander, doesn't he? He can leave. He, <laughs> he can leave uh, gaps. Henderson, yeah, I think he's almost sort of as I, as I said in my piece that uh, this week. He, he you don't know what he is under Klopp yet. I, I don't think you you quite know. Is he a box to box? Will he sort of you know do shuttle from side to side and plug the gaps, or is he more like he sort of against? Uh, Barcelona, pressing high up the pitch, winning the ball and, and distributing it well. I mean, he, he pretty much scored, let's say, you know, I know Mascarano got the own goal, but he pretty much scored one and set off one in a half against Barcelona. I mean, that, that bodes well. That's, Should be you know, like uh, Olympic uh, hockey, your own goals don't yeah, count. I just scored like, the other day. Well, there we go. So, you, know, you learn something every day. And um, So, it's and then you look, obviously, Lucas, he's injured at the moment, but you know his, his, his career isn't... You know, probably wouldn't be harsh to say it's winding down at Liverpool. He's not going to be a regular starter uh, anytime soon. So, and then you've got Wijnaldum, who by no means is a holder. And for me, I, I, I can't see him in that midfield too. I just can't see it. Obviously, we've had limited time to to watch him in that position. Um, he didn't play there much for Newcastle last season. He's only played a couple of games for Liverpool in that position. But he just again strikes me as a player who who, who looks forward. So, Liverpool are. Very much missing that sort of player. I feel not necessarily. You know, people talk about defensive midfielders like they have to be, you know, like Juan Yama or, or Matic, these big units who you know destroy people and smash through them and, and put in tackles and accumulate red and yellow cards. But it's not even that. It's it's just a player who, who will sit deep and and distribute the ball and and, and set the, the tempo. Be basically the you know the conductor. As cliche as it is, be the conductor of Klopp's team and 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 you know a bit like what Gundogan used to do. Um, at Dortmund and and basically you know dictate how quick the team play and and set off the attacks where when he you know he knows exactly what Klopp wants and and that will be his role to sort of set off the attacks etc etc. So they are missing that, but obviously we think Mahmoud who was going to be that player and you know Gladbach are playing hardball. They've already lost a couple of midfielders this season, so maybe that's where just the case is that they're sitting there and waiting for them uh, for next season, but. Again, with the Moreno thing, if if you're not going to get in a player who's better than X, then yeah. what what is the point? You know, the, the, you know, as much as there's a lot of TV money going around, it's not infinite. You know, you can't just spend it like it's going out of fashion. You do have to be frugal in, in a certain sense. And you know, Liverpool are never going to be a club that drop eighty million on on Paul Pogba or, or or anything like that. So, you know, Klopp's got this situation now where he's got these midfielders, and I think what you'll see is. Chan holding, sort of, but not controlling, and that's that. That's Liverpool's biggest weakness, I think, going into the new campaign. I think the fact that 
they might still get overrun in midfield a little bit, um, especially in games. I suppose it's a good game to start with. At Arsenal, you'll see exactly how it is because their midfield are strong. Um, they like to you know pressure pressure high up the pitch and. You know, you'll see just how easily or you know how difficult it is to overrun that midfield. James, you were up at Melwood earlier, where uh, Jurgen uh, Klopp did his uh, pre-match press conference, and uh, he was making that very point uh, that you know there might be a couple of absences from the Arsenal defence uh, for the opening game on this weekend, but uh, you know they've got plenty of uh, plenty of their attacking players, and uh, it's not going to do as much good uh, if they've got a couple of weak defenders or young defenders at the very least. If uh, Arsenal have the ball the whole time and are, and are busy attacking, attacking uh, you know Simon Mignolet's goal. Yeah, I mean we've seen it down at Arsenal before. I mean I think you know it seems like most most of the times we've gone there in recent years, there has been a fair bit of optimism, thinking you know you can get at this Arsenal team, but you know it's not much good here if you if you if you can't keep the ball. And um, record you know, shocking down there. Yeah. Two two wins this century. I yeah. think. Yeah, it's um, you know, I've been down there. Probably from the last six or seven seasons, and you know, it has been it's been thin pickings, and you know because they are, you know, the, the, the hope is that Liverpool are catching them at a good time. I think that's the thing. Like you look at, you know, aside from the defensive problems, and I think that will that, that has to benefit Liverpool no matter what Klopp says. You know, obviously Gabriel is out, Murtasaka's out, Koscielny's only just come back to training this week, so if he does play, you know, he, he's going to be. When he's already said he's not. Is he definitely not? Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be Wenger saying games. that, yeah. But but it's you know. So what are they looking at? Holding the young lad from, Holden from and, Bolton and Chambers. The uh, Monreal. Do you think he might? He could might play Monreal, yeah. but he seems to he seems to be intimating the young the young lad to get a goal yeah. centre back. So. so you know, th- there's no doubt you can get a you know whatever combination Wenger goes with. It's a depleted back line that you should be able to get at. But you know, it, uh, there's so much, so many other things that have to go right. For, for for that to play into Liverpool's hands because Arsenal have got so many attacking weapons that, that, that can hurt you. It was interesting actually listening to Klopp because he said, you know, for all Arsenal are such a great footballing team, he said, you know, what did the most damage to us last season in the 3-3 was he said them going direct and hitting long balls and he said Giroud and Ozil, that, that combination now, you know, I know I think there's been some, there's some doubt over whether obviously Giroud will, will feature but you know, it was that was quite interesting. He said, "He said, you know, we, you know, he said, you talk to me about their defensive problems." He said, "Well, you know, I, I'd suggest we need to make sure we've got a solution if if they if they approach it like they did last season, where where they do play a bit more direct." So um, it's got it's got the makings of a really great game, hasn't it? I think that's the interesting thing. What what, what Klopp said there. I think that gives you a, a little insight into his mentality this season. He's going to have time to plan game by game. Yeah. And you know it is becoming almost a cliche now because it obviously happened with Rodgers in 2013-14, but Klopp will have time and plenty of it to plan for these games and on a game by game basis. He was talking about the strikers as well, wasn't he? Basically saying I'll you know I'll assess on a game by game basis and how how you know the weaknesses of the other team and that will dictate what my does, team is like. Does it put a little bit more pressure on each game though? Almost like where you where you've almost got like this little sort of narrative leading up to a game, and then you know there has to be a, a performance. Whereas maybe last season when we had so many games, it was almost like well you've got to plan this game, but you're already thinking ahead to that one in three days' time. And uh, maybe I'm not saying it like he ever used it as an excuse, but it was just to I me. Mean, his words was, it's just a fact that we've got this game and then we've got another one in yeah, three days. Yeah, there were definitely games where you could, not that they were going through the motions, but I mean, I remember the Swansea game, we both went down there, it was the midday kickoff, and obviously it was a different team and, and whatnot to the one that was going to play against Villarreal in the, in the Europa League semi-final, but 
the minds just weren't, weren't at it because you've got players who know that they're not going to be playing against in the, in the biggest game at Anfield that season and, and, and it, it just creates this this problem then. Um, so, I, I, it does have pressure, but I think that's what makes footballers. I think that's what makes players. I think Liverpool have lacked that. It worked in 2013-14. They did thrive. And, you know, I don't want to go back to that because I'm not by any means saying Liverpool will challenge for the title or there'll be a repeat of that season. But for, for certainly for, for 11 of those games, they thrived off that sort of pressure. Piercy, where, where are we in terms of these uh, sort of little collection of three aways that we have to start with? I mean, so we've, we've got Arsenal, we've got Burnley and we've got Tottenham. Um, now, what's, what's, what's a decent haul from them three, do you think? Or, and what's a, what, uh, I mean, what would be regarded as on, under par? Yeah, I think minimum of five points. I think if Liverpool come out of them three games with five points, you'd say that's a, that's a decent start. I think that would be probably par. Um, ideally, you'd probably want seven, um, but that might be being a bit bit, bit greedy. Um, I mean, it is. It's, it's interesting. They're all tough about, for different reasons, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I, I actually think Sunday just feels so big in terms of. I think if you if you win at Arsenal, then that feel good factor rolls on, and then suddenly you go to Burnley. You know, thinking you know we're, we're onto something here, and you've got that full week obviously to prepare as well that we talked about. But then if you you know if, if you lose at Arsenal, especially with a lot of the kind of build up talked about, Arsenal are, you know are there for the taking in a way they haven't been great in pre season they've got injuries, um, then there's a lot of pressure going to Burnley against a newly promoted team and the, the atmosphere will be great there they'll be bang up for that, and then Tottenham who have barely got a mention really in all the talk in pre season but people forget quickly just how impressive they were last season before kind of imploding late on, um, you know I think. That, that's a really tough game, and then you've got the international break. So you know, and, and then suddenly, and if you the don't, Champions s- row. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and you know, and then what is it? Chelsea away. After that, isn't it? Is it, is it Leicester and then Chelsea? I think it's Leicester and yeah. Chelsea and then so home. You know, finally so a team. You know, it, it couldn't be much tougher. It'd be but, fabulous to come back to Anfield for that big opening of the the main stand against against Leicester with you know some good results and a feel good factor at the club because if you did. And you've got three aways out of the way, yeah. and you've got a new ground with an extra eight and a half thousand cheering you on. And your piece today with Klopp sort of urging the fans to try and. Uh, I mean, everyone knows you're not going to get a Dortmund atmosphere every game, but he is very keen that maybe your run of the mill league games that uh, maybe we see here see and hear more from the supporters in the ground this season. Yeah, and it was it was interesting that you know he 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 was determined to kind of make that point that he's. He said, "You know, he said you, you asked me how much of a difference will those extra eight and a half thousand seats make?" And he said, "Well, it's up to the fans to decide that." He said, "You know, they're the ones that create the atmosphere." He said, "You know, if if anyone has any any doubt about what a difference the atmosphere can make, look at Dortmund. You know what happened." He said, "You know, the the, the miracle of happened that, that wouldn't have happened that night without the the vocal support they had." But he said, "You know, are we going to wait twelve months to have another special?" Anfield, Anfield occasion, which you know, he said, because we're not in Europe for a year, you know, is that what we're going to do? We're just going to wait for twelve months. He says, to be, you know, very much the ball is in the the fans' court, and um, you know, you, you know, he was, it was something, it was a, it was a theme throughout last season when it, once he took over, you know, from those early days when he bemoaned people leaving early against Crystal Palace, he was, he was desperate to try and kind of harness that support, and he and he did, you know, when you think of that miraculous European run, yet still, you know, I think he was underwhelmed by. What Anfield can be like as well for those run-of-the-mill Premier League games, which is actually, you know, it's those kind of games where players really need that, you know, that that little leg up. 
to, to get them going. Um, we know if if we can get into a, a into a, a challenge and you know, without getting ahead of ourselves, but we saw obviously going back to you know yeah. the, the the Rogers season. Um, it, you know those we we had some fantastic atmospheres in Anfield towards the end of that campaign, uh, Christian, and, and, and throughout it because obviously they were seeing a lot of good football. You know. Um, uh, some fan- fantastic performances from a team that was sort of going for it, wasn't it? So, in a in a way, if 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 the team can sort of deliver, the the, the two the two will work yeah. side by side. Yeah, won't yeah. and I think the natural way of Klopp's uh, style of football will, will lend to that as well. You know, it's, it is high intensity. It's in your face. I mean, you look at the, look at all four of the Barcelona goals. It was only pre-season friendly and. It seems to me that the crowd were very much, you know, on the feet and, and, and buzzing because, you know, they're in the faces, they're, they're, they're nicking the ball off them. You know, uh, an opposition defender having the ball isn't necessarily a low period in the game because Liverpool are going to be slap banging your faces and there could be a goal in the next five seconds. That's the type of atmosphere I think he wants to create within the team and, and that almost that fear factor of, you know, you can't rest there. You, you've got, you, you have to, whoever comes to Anfield and, you know, indeed. When, when Liverpool travel abro- uh, away, you know whoever whoever you are, you have to be on your game for ninety minutes, and I think that's 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 something I used to try and instill into the squad this season. Let's widen it out a little bit. There's every chance I think that Liverpool could significantly improve this year and still end up finishing, <laughs> you know, fifth, at, you know, or, or or worse, because I think it's a much harder league yeah. this year. I don't think anyone would disagree with that because you've got big name managers arrived and obviously. A hell of a lot of big name players are coming back into the Premier League. Um, on the other hand, I think that there's going to be so many um, new players and good teams that I suspect that everyone's going to take a lot of points from each other. And PSA, I, I think we could get in a, in a scenario where if if you're in the battle for the top four, you'd be in the in the, in the battle for the for the title. Even do you know what I mean? In that you know you, there will be maybe not a huge gap. Because it's so competitive this year, isn't it? I yeah. Think, I mean, that'd probably be proved wrong, and Man City will win by thirty <laughs> points, but it doesn't it, feel like no, it will be that year. No, it doesn't feel like that. No, I think it'll be it'll be so different. Won't it? Very different to last season as well. You know, with you know, despite you know what Leicester achieved was was miraculous, but it came in a year when so many of the top clubs had had big problems and and instability, and now you know it is mouthwatering when you look at it this season with. The, Obviously, the big hitters that have come in, you, you think, you know, Mourinho, United, you know, they'll they'll expect so much better than, than they've had the last few years. You know, Guardiola at City, you know, after the success he's had, the money he's spent, you know, very high expectations there. Um, Chelsea, obviously a disastrous season for them last season. You know, they'll be, you know, Liverpool saw that for themselves on the Tour of America, just how much of an impact Conte had had already, just defensively how well organised they were. You know, they're going to be a very different proposition um, you know Arsenal. You know, despite you know doubts surrounding them and Wenger taking stick, they're always up there competing. Tottenham as well. You know, I think you know they'll they'll be up there challenging Liverpool. So you know you've got a top six there. You'd imagine would be the top six, but I think trying to work out the order is is very problematic, and that's not including the likes of Leicester, who you know obviously are going to be hard pressed to get anywhere close to last season, but they've kept most of that title winning team together. And and a, and a team like West Ham, who you know who had had some really impressive spells last season. If you look, Christian, looking at uh, who's done uh, among their rivals, who who's improved the most, perhaps. Um, 
I mean, if you if you look at at City, they 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 they've obviously brought in some some players in what feels like just the right areas for them. Um, and so you know they've they've got the you know you you've got your uh, you know um, Sane coming in, haven't you? You've got uh, um, who else did they get? Got Stones, Stones, who who you feel will really prosper if if uh, he gets a season alongside the company. Um, United four four big names, but you could see them being you know at least three of them being on that team sheet for a few years in terms of Pogba, Bale. Bailey, who was excellent against Liverpool yeah. when we saw him, wasn't he? And uh, uh, Mkhitaryan, who obviously Klopp knows very well. And then you've got the the sort of star quality, if you like, of of, of maybe a season of Ibrahimovic just being um, Ibrahimovic. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. nothing no other word for it, is there? Win titles, uh, really. Yeah, and uh, so it, it even just if you just take those two, you know, the players that have arrived are, you know, I know some some people don't. Don't like to look at what others are doing, but you can't really play in a vacuum. You've, these are the people you've got to beat. No, you you have to, and and as Klopp says, a lot of it will be dictated about by you know what, what's going on elsewhere. That you know he, he doesn't operate in a vacuum. He will sort of note how teams are playing and, and and adjust Liverpool's own tactics. But you know, looking at it from like a wider sense and and what teams have signed, it's. It's interesting that the teams that finished first, second, and third haven't necessarily done that much business, where the teams who finished fourth and fifth have. So it just shows you they feel that that that, that gap can be bridged. Um, you know, likewise Liverpool as well. Um, so it, you would hope with the two Manchester clubs, certainly there's going to be a, a, a bit of a betting in period. Um, I've got a little feeling about Man United. My my big thing about them this season is that. Their strength last season was defensive stability. Now, what would you say Mourinho's strength is as well? Defensive yeah, stability. Yeah. Sound. So he'll, he'll make them defensively strong, but they're already defensively strong. Can he improve them in the areas that they were really poor in last season sufficiently enough? And that's that's where I think it'll be interesting to see whether Pogba, Pogba um, Ibrahimovic and Mkhitaryan click. Obviously, on paper, the players are good enough to do it, but... Mourinho will have to change a little bit as well. I mean, you know, he's not a defence. He's not. A, like There's a, the chance he could fall out with that Old Trafford crowd, couldn't he? Yeah. Fairly if he plays, good. if he plays, if he plays, you know, defensive football, you know, he isn't. You know, he doesn't park the bus every game. Of course, he doesn't. So some of his sides have been really good to watch. You think about Robin and Duff and you know, Drogba, Joe Cole, even. Um, he could, know, he could be like horrendously effective for them without being loved. If you I, know what yeah, I mean? I just, and I just wonder if he'll sort of. Yeah, if, if it'll just, you know, Van Gaal going, and that's fine, but I can see a sort of a similar stifling atmosphere around the club, if not as extreme, next season when, yeah, they're grinding out those 1-0 wins again, but that's what they were doing last season. What they need to do is is, is not crumble against the big teams for the start and just, just show a bit more attack and flair. Now, obviously, the four players, you can do that, but whether Mourinho was the man to get that out of them, I don't know. But they've also got the Europa League as well. It'd be yeah. interesting to see how we... How he handles that, you know, will he just prioritise the Premier League or will he, will he try and compete? And we've, you know, we've, Liverpool are the perfect example last season of how difficult it is to, to try and compete on those two fronts. And then you've got the the hit, the the hassle of then you're always playing catch up domestically. We're playing Sundays, so I, I think it'd be fascinating to see what happens with Mourinho there. Because I think you're right. I don't think I don't think the way that he plays the game is a perfect fit to the way United fans have become accustomed to watching their team, certainly in the Ferguson era. 
Um, I think they are heavily reliant on you know the two or three big signings they've made coming off straight away and really hitting the ground running. And I don't think there's any guarantees that that will happen. And you look at City as well. I mean, yes, they've, they've, they've strengthened the, 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 the spine, but we're being optimistic here, I suppose. We're looking at the failings of other teams, but Gundogan's injury-prone. There's no uh, guarantee that John Stones, he had a poor season at Everton, to be honest. There's no, no guarantee he, ad- he adapts. Uh, Nelito's a bit of a weird sign, and he's, he was being good in La Liga, but you know you look at Jesus Navas and, and how you know how, how poor he did. Uh, he's done a city, and it's just the whole again acclimatisation to the league. They still haven't got any fullbacks for me. You know, Sanya and Kolarov, a team of that quality to be lining up with uh, the, the likes of Kolarov, Sanya. Um, who else have they got? Uh, Zabaleta, but, but sort of on his on his lazies, if you will, and um, Clichy just doesn't really seem. That's something that can be exploited as well. There's a, there's an obvious weakness there. Obviously, company feels a little bit broken as well. So there's Van Gaal or Otamendi to come in. So they have weaknesses as well. I think I think that's the big thing about this season. I think a lot of the teams have weaknesses that that can be exploited. Liverpool included, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if I give you two gentlemen um, your dream summer signing that we would have liked to have seen land at uh, at Anfield, um, who would you have taken from from Presumably from somebody who has landed at one of the other clubs, but maybe somebody who who, who didn't 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 move. But uh, you know, leaving aside, we don't love Messi and all that. Yeah, but, uh, I'd probably be quite boring and go for someone like Kante, who obviously Chelsea signed. You yeah. know, I, I just think that I've been on here before saying we should have spent big on Kante. Yeah, just I, and I know I know he he doesn't exactly light up a pitch with what he does, but just so so effective, and he was like just the, you know the unsung hero really of Leicester's title title win last season and I just you know I just think he would have been a player that I think would have absolutely ticked one giant box that Klopp I think needed ticking and he hasn't he hasn't done so far so yeah he'd be the one for me uh, my answer um, will double up as a joke which is, which is always a bonus um, I you don't gone, get paid extra no for no jokes. no <laughs> I would have gone um, I, I go for Xhaka now, number one because obviously that would give Liverpool a feel of Xhaka Khan but <laughs> <laughs> That aside, um, no, we're talking about the controller, and and yeah. that's what he will do, and and it's one of those where that is literally what Arsenal needs, and mm. and and by taking him away from Arsenal, you weaken him. So we'll, we'll, we'll see weaken him on, and uh, you see him on Sunday. See him on Sunday. He's, 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 I think it's, every time I've watched him, he just looks head and shoulders above anyone in that Gladbach team, and it wasn't a bad Gladbach team. Um, head and shoulders when he played for the Swiss as well, uh, the Euros, and I just. Yeah, you talk about that controller. You just get that sort of nice, nice balance. The midfield sit there while Chan go bombs on. So, but you know, there's, there's, I think I think there's plenty. Um, but you know, I, I'm fairly content. I think with what what Liverpool have done, and I'm sure Klopp is as well. Yeah, I think we're at that point where you know Liverpool there's, fans have to just tr- trust the manager. There's no point. Where, I mean, without wishing to contradict himself. You have to obviously look at what others have done, but then you've just got to get your head down and do it, haven't you, James? And, yeah. and uh, you know, we have what we have. We might, we might still add a left back, presumably if if he if if he can find one that he thinks is sufficiently uh, improves the team. Uh, but then we have to look ahead, get down, uh, and do our own work. Uh, and as we say, he'll have more time to do that this this season. Where do we think we can end up? I mean. Um, it's you know there's been lots of predictions and uh, I think Liverpool are nine to one or so to win it, uh, which 
is I think about probably about yeah. about right, isn't it? Um, I know Betfit did that ridiculous fifty to one for <laughs> a part of their partnership, which uh, I hope uh, some new clients have invested in. Cause I think that's you know that's a price. Value in there. So it's, it's always worth you know, just the clock fact you'd think yeah. could be. Could be value, but um, other bookmakers are available. Other bookmakers. We're not <laughs> sponsored by BetVictor, unlike the Reds training kit. But um, yeah, where 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 do we think we can go? We've, the big thing is we've got got to be challenging top four, haven't we? You know? Yeah, I, and I th- I think top four is realistic. I think you know as we touched on earlier, it's difficult to because there's so many unknown quantities in terms of you know, the new managers coming in and how quickly will they get a, a reaction. Uh, from the players they've inherited and the ones they brought in, but yeah, I think top four is realistic with no with no European distractions, with the, the full preseason that Klopp so desperately wanted. You know, the other pleasing thing, having been on the tour and been with them through preseason, is you know, there's been no you know like every other season it seems to have been like you know whispers about which signing, which one did the manager want? You know, was that a, a Rogers signing? Was that a committee signing? Well. You know, no one's in any doubt this summer. These are all club signings. You know, he has been the the driving force behind it. You know, I asked him on the tour, and he said, "This is my team now." You know, this is make no mistake. Nobody has been sold this summer that I wanted to keep, and no one's been brought in that I didn't want us to sign. Um, he said he's had a hundred percent backing from the owners. So you know, this and that has to bode well. You know, he, you know, he's, Jurgen Klopp says what he thinks. You know, if if there were any issues there, he he would have he he would have we'd have known about it by now. Um, so yeah, I, I think top four is realistic. I think I don't think I th- I think winning the title is too big a step from where Liverpool are at the moment. But you know I, I think a big step back towards where everyone wants to see Liverpool um, is getting back in the Champions League, and I think Klopp will deliver that this season. Christian, are you uh, silently hopeful and, and winging those fivers on that nine to one uh, on on your various uh, productive accounts or? Uh, are you thinking that this is this is a hard this is a hard league no, this year? Well, I'll be back in Chelsea at the prices uh, for what it's worth. Um, they're about like thirteen to two, but uh, I think Liverpool could finish first. I think they could finish eighth. I yeah. think it's just going to be that sort of season. I I I can't call it. I, I think it's unlikely Liverpool win the league, um, and I don't think much. You know, I don't think talk of it's going to help, and I think Klopp will be very keen to to you know. As much as he is about belief and, and desire, and you know, gene up the crowd, I, I don't think he'll be keen to, to talk about that. Um, I think top four's got to be the aim. I think it. I think it'll depend on. I don't think it'll depend on Liverpool. I think what you said before. I think Liverpool could could feasibly find themselves with a points total that would have seen them challenge for the league last season, and it just depends on what other teams do. So in that in that sense, you know, a position isn't really the target. I suppose it's some other points. Uh, I was surprised if Liverpool end up with 75, 80 points. Um, but what, where that sees them end up, I, I don't know. Well, it's going to be um, exciting, I, I think, undoubtedly. Um, we're going to have some fantastic games to watch and some fantastic players. And uh, we'll be here every week throughout the season to, uh, to document what we've uh, been to see and uh, hopefully inform a little bit. And... Uh, Anyway, I hope you all enjoyed the first game of the season. We'll be back next week to talk about it. Uh, Until then, enjoy Sunday. And uh, thanks very much for listening. This has been your Blood Red Podcast.